you know, I'm trying to follow sort of a, a theme, if I can help it, each month. You know, it sort of gives me something to think about, some direction, I suppose. And, and this week's theme is about vacation. I guess we've all been on, most of us, maybe the last few months or weeks or so, go on to the beach or to the mountains or one of those things. And if you know anything about me, when I go on vacation, even if it's just a, a couple days, just a little, you know, a weekend at the beach or something like that, I'm going to, it's, the car's going to get packed. You know, I'm going to take like, you know, 18 pairs of socks and uh, six pairs of shoes and everything under the I mean, I'm literally going to be packing everything I possibly can. And it's just terrifying to me that I'll be missing something, anything at all. It's a little like Ernie. Do you know Ernie from Sesame Street when he packs? Have you ever seen him pack? You know how he gets the rubber ducky and then he can't just go with one rubber ducky. He has to have two because the one needs another for a friend. And it's a little like that. Well, I remember I was going on the Annapurna circuit. It's probably something I'm going to talk about a little bit over the years. And, and that is I was, I was going on this circuit, which is a circuit around Nepal. It's a little over 100 miles, maybe 110 miles, and it takes about a month to do it, and you go through all these amazing things. You see mountains that are over 26,000 feet tall. I think you get over 18,000 feet when you're there. It's just an incredible place. Four different topographies and climates. And I was getting there, and I didn't even really know what I was doing, or what I just saw all these other Western tourists, and they're all like in these incredibly expensive backpacks that cost thousands of dollars and everything like that. And I, I'm like, I don't need that. And I just, I decided I'll just figure it out when I get to the small, the little town, the little village where you start this hike. I'll find something there because you know, these guys are spending thousands of dollars. And I get to this place, and I get to the little town where you start the hike around that's going to take over 100 miles. And I notice that it's just a, it's not a big town. And there's only a couple of shops. And they don't have a lot of backpacks. And so I got my little backpack on, and I, I see what it is, and it's, it's pretty terrible. And it's true, it didn't cost $1,000. It hardly cost $10. It sort of barely settled on my back. And I remember thinking as I was in this little hotel, as I was cramming, I had these big suitcases, cramming all the stuff I possibly could into this backpack. You know, like the 14 pairs of underwear, just, oh, just trying to really get in there. You know, and you know, and so anyway, I'm, I'm I filled it up, and I'm, I'm I take off on this trick, and you and, and have you ever had a backpack that wasn't really well settled on your back? The weight wasn't, and you're just the whole time, and every step is just harder than the next one, and your knees start hurting, and your back starts hurting, and and I remember I was about two or three days into this trek, and I just saw everybody else in their thing. And I was about two or three days in, and I'm crossing a stream, and I slip on a rock, and I feel the backpack do something crazy, and I barely get to the other side, and I throw that backpack down, and I just check and see if everything's all right, if I still have the cooking pot. And as I pick it up again, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, the backpack just ripped. Just ripped. I don't say in two, but just absolutely ripped open. 
And there I was in a stream in the Himalayas. And I had to make some choices. I had a, a big school backpack and a little fanny pack that sort of looked like a satchel that was bright yellow. And I, in that stream, I had to make choices about what would stay and what would go. What was going on in the journey and what wasn't. And, and as I filled it all up and I could see sort of the looks of shame as the, you know, these Western, like, oh my gosh, what's this guy doing? But I noticed as soon as I took off and I felt my new thing, it wasn't so heavy anymore. It wasn't so, it wasn't leaning so oddly. My pack was a lot lighter. And it amazed me how, 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 how much better it was to walk without so much weighing me down. You know, sort of a metaphor, you know, maybe we need to lighten our pack. Anybody have anything like that? Anything weighing them down? Some memories? Some grudge? I'm a grudge holder. Lighten the load. You know, when I was looking in the Bible, in the scriptures, about backpacks, there ain't a lot in there. <laughs> you would think that it would be a lot. You know, back to school days and everything like that. You think that there would be a lot. There's not, actually. There's not a lot, but the, it's sort of interesting. The way you do find it, it is really with Luke in, in, and Jesus and what Jesus has to say. And it's pretty interesting what he says, because if you really look at it for when Jesus talks about it, he's really the only guy, maybe Ezekiel a little bit, but Jesus, he doesn't like backpacks. He's not a big backpack fan. Well, that's not true. That's not, that's actually not true. I'll get to it. There's another part of this that'll talk about the other side, but generally he doesn't like backpacks. And we get this in Luke in two different chapters, first 9 and 10. So first he sends out the 12 apostles, or 12 disciples, and then he sends out, as Susie just read, the 72, or sometimes it's 70, but 72, and they really don't have a name. I've heard multiple translations for this as others, as men, as disciples, well, they don't really have any. There's 72 other folks. And, and the reason why 72 is important is because it, in Genesis chapter 10, it talks about the 72 different nations. But we really don't know a lot about them per se. But Jesus does say to them, and this is sort of a combination of 9 and 10, that when you go out there, you don't need a wallet. So whatever that wallet is, just throw, you're not going to need that. You don't need sandals or an extra pair of shoes. You don't need any other clothes. You got clothes on already. You don't need any other ones. No snacks, right? No trail mix. And no backpack. You don't need it. Now, if I had been one of the 72 at that moment, if it had been me, I would have been like, Jesus. I get the idea about the sandals and the thing, but can't we have just like a little bit, like, like some trail mix? He goes on, he says, have faith, you know, enter into those homes that welcome you, and the first thing you do is you offer peace to that house. So whenever I go into one of anybody's home, I always offer peace to that house. 
It's like peace upon this house. And he also says, you know, it, it takes a lot of faith. Because, and again, this is more of a combination of students. He, he says, to proclaim the coming kingdom, to heal the sick and cast out demons. And he also reminds us in Luke that, you know, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so if you see how Jesus sees, or Yeshua sees the kingdom of God, he sees that there is a great harvest, but few workers, and to pray for those workers. What does it mean to not have a knapsack or a, or a backpack? How do we see that in our lives? i tell you about Pastor Francis. He runs a small ministry in El Dorot, Kenya. And it's a little, small, little ministry. I'd sort of heard about this ministry where I was in Kaimosi. And one of the students offered to take me there. His name is Paul. And so we took a bus up to Eldorat, which is on the Ugandan border, and I saw there a man who had a big afro and a big smile. And he looked just a little bit different. And he just had this energy about him, and I found out, like, as you're going up to Eldorat, you see this little symbol of a guy with that little hand up. And that was his ministry. I didn't know that at the time, but that was his ministry, and it's a ministry about getting people to work, to value work. Your average Quaker in the little village that they are there in Kenya, they don't, there's no work. I mean, when there's a harvest to come in, they work. Or when there's something to do to build, they work. But in general, there's not any jobs. And so his ministry was teaching the value of work for work's sake. So building bricks when maybe there's not a buyer, but there will be a buyer. Or starting your own business. Or when I was there, this is 20 years ago, so you know it may be different now, but in the little area of the, the city that he was in, the small city, there were only three computers. And his ministry had two of them. And they would come in there and learn about computers. And it was such a blessing and an incredible thing. I was just, it was such a beautiful thing. And we, I, we ate there and had an amazing meal. And if you ever eat in Kenya, if your plate is empty, there's more food coming. It was just such a great deal. I came to the end of the night and I just realized I didn't have a place to stay. I mean, Paul, the student, kept saying when I'd asked him, he said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. But now it was the end of the night and I was starting to worry about that. You know, I didn't know, was there a hotel around here? Was there, I don't know. And so I explained to Pastor Francis, I'm like, Pastor Francis, I'm sorry, I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to sleep. Paul said not to worry about it. And Pastor Francis looked at Paul. And it wasn't actually a kind look, you know. And then they said something, obviously, in the language. Leah, I couldn't understand. But then Pastor Francis looked at me, and he smiled broadly, and he said, he just had this big, this beautiful smile, and he said, my friend, come with me. We have a special guest bedroom for an important guest like you. Come with me. And he showed me to this beautiful, beautiful queen bedroom and it had a beautiful mosquito net. You need mosquitoes nets out there. Beautiful. Great room. And he didn't know this, but so many pillows. He didn't know my love for pillows. And I remember I just slept and I had not really even felt a bed so comfortable in so many weeks. And, and I'm drifting off to sleep. And I, you know, have you ever got, you get a little parched. 
I'm right. I'm a little parched now. I need a little water. It's a couple of hours after I've been sleeping. I get up and I come out and there I see Pastor Francis and Paul sleeping on the concrete floor. He had given me his bed to sleep upon. See, what Jesus is trying to let us know is that in the way he sees it, we are the backpack. We are the food. We are the, sand, the community, the church. We're the backpack. And that's what you need. I mean, and, I'm, and really, faith is the fuel of our journey. Now, how does this look in our life? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass some people out here. I am. Some of you are guilty. Very. In that there is a person I know that I talked to recently, in the last week or so, that said to me something, she has not been here in years. In years and years and years. If you hadn't been here in the last, you know, gosh, if you weren't here 10 years ago, you probably don't know her. Hadn't been here in years. And she said something to me. She said, my meeting is my life. And she was talking about you guys. She said, I don't know what I would do without my meeting. Hadn't been here in years. There's something about the cards that she gets and the visits and the phone calls and the lifetime friendships that you offer her. Some of you are responsible for that. But due to your own guiltiness, you will remain anonymous. What were the results? Well, the 72 come back after they go out there and they prepare the way. They go into these things. The 72 come back, and it's awesome. The results were extraordinary, better than they could imagine. They said, it was amazing. We, got, we did everything. It was exactly what you said. We got to the demons. We, we beat them up, and they ran off, and, and it was amazing. And Jesus says he sees Satan descending like the lightning. He's, he's so proud of them, and he says, now you will have the ability to trample on snakes and scorpions. and They'll have no power over you. You have no pain. Everything's going to be great. But he says, don't be proud. Even though I'm so proud of you, don't be proud of the fact that you can jump on snakes and not worry about them, take them, flip them around like that. Be proud that your name is written in heaven. Don't be proud you could eat a scorpion's tail. Be proud your name is written in heaven. You know, it's, we, can, we can extrapolate this. You know, I know a, a guy big into weightlifting. I'm like, Don't be proud that you can bench press 400 pounds. Be proud your name is written in heaven. Do, my 401k was amazing. Nope. Be proud your name is written in heaven. Don't be proud you play for the Boston Red Sox and hit 338 and 15 doubles this past. Well, no. Be proud your name is written in the book in heaven. 
Well, all right. I could just leave it there. And I know I probably should. But, you know, there's some, I said there were two different ways that Jesus looks about backpacks. And I should just make this little a scenic, uh, what is it called, scenic look. You know when you're going out and you see a scenic look and you're like, gosh, that's really pretty. And you get right back onto the main road. But unfortunately, this one may end up being a detour. So when we get to Luke chapter 22, Jesus says something very different about backpacks. But he says it right before a lot of bad stuff. It's right before Gethsemane. Right before Judas and the kiss. Here, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it right now. Hopefully this is not going to be too distracting, as I say. And he said to them, he's talking to his disciples. This is right before all that stuff. He said to them, when I sent you out without money, without sandals, without a backpack, did you lack anything? And they all said in unison, nothing. We lack nothing. And he said to them, but now who has some money, let him take it. And likewise, if you got a backpack, you get it. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this must be accomplished, that he will be numbered amongst the criminals. For these things concerning me have an end. And the disciples got together and they said, here we got two swords. And Jesus said, enough. And the commentary I was reading, they said, they said, and the disciples as usual, don't get it. And they don't. See, what, what he's saying is that he's, he's asking them to go through some times where it's not going to be so easy. Where not everyone would welcome them. Where there wouldn't be food around the corner. Maybe not many houses of peace and plenty. Because, see, it was right before the betrayal right before the arrest, right before each and every one of them would abandon him. And they would be left with their faith, or perhaps lack of faith. It was a time for backpacks, sandals, wallets. As it says in Ezekiel, the only other book that really talks about backpacks to any sense, it says that the bags of oppression slavery and exile are heavy upon my shoulders. Have you ever felt like you are in exile from God? That you don't have anything? That you felt God was on the other side of the moon? See, it's complicated. It's not easy. I'm going to finish with this, because Jesus keeps talking about backpacks. Like I said, he's really the only one who really talks about them so much. But I want to talk about something that says in Luke in chapter 12. And if you study chapter 12, you'll notice that it's pretty complicated to get. It starts off a lot like Matthew 6, which may not mean a lot to everybody. Anyway, it's the one he talks about where he says, do not worry. Remember that one? Do not worry about the, the lilies of the field, you know, the, how they're clothed. He says, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink, but rather be focused on the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. 
And he says, be merciful and generous. Keep your treasure in bags or backpacks that will never get old. No moths will put holes in them. No thief will steal them in the middle of the night. He says, if you're going to have a backpack, put treasures in them that will last forever in heaven. For where your treasure is, there is your heart. All right. I think it's pretty obvious. Our word today is backpack. Right? And here's some questions to think about. The first one I'm going to ask is, are you a backpack for somebody? Are you one of those backpacks in our community, the kind of person that somebody can call in the middle of the night when they need support, when they need love, when they need a little care? Are you that kind of a backpack? And here are the other question. What treasures are you storing? Are they the kind that will just be, that will fall through the holes in the back? That some thief may store steal in the middle of the night or some scam artist from some no, who knows where. Or it is of those bags that do not grow old. That no thief can ever steal. That no insect can ever take away. Do we have those backpacks that will go with us forever on our journey with God?